Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Today, we're going to talk about regaining control of your message after it's been hijacked, which we've seen a lot of lately. So, um, Jordan, t- take us through what we're going to do. Wait a minute. First, what? Diane, I think we need to talk about where you are. Oh, well, <laughs> I am I am actually savoring every moment that I have left on my deck at 9,300 feet because on Monday afternoon, we are going to drop 50 to 60 degrees. Like my, yep, like that. That night at my house, there will be a hard freeze. And I now am told that I could wake up to as much as one foot of snow. One <laughs> foot. One Welcome foot. to Colorado in the fall. Yes. And then, of course, um, the next day it will be cold. And then after that, it'll be beautiful again because the leaves haven't even turned at my house. But I'm making big plans for what I'm going to do for my flowers. I am trying to harvest every piece of every piece of fruit and vegetable that I have and giving it away. And so because everything's going to freeze. That's just the way it is. Welcome to change. Welcome to 24. <laughs> it could be worse. It, it could have happened on Labor Day, but instead it'll be just kind of like the Monday at work. It'll so. just close up summer really well. Right. right? <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to us from around the world, this is typical Colorado weather. This happens and you plan for it. And, you know, it's a little sad, but at the same time, those fires will be out. It will be stunningly beautiful for two days. Um, and then it'll be gone. So if you're going to have a big snow, what better way to have it? Hey, there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Making the best of the situation. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's kind of our mantra here at MNC. And certainly something that we hope you can do as well. If you find yourself in a situation, maybe you have a message that was recently hijacked. What we kind of want to do here is walk you through our usual 15-minute mini conversations, eventually concluding with, what do you do if that message has been hijacked? But before we get to that, our first 15 minutes, we're going to talk about how you should be writing. And we like to think of this as our four C's. And if you've watched our chats before, you've heard the four C's. If not, we're happy to introduce you to the four C's. Uh, secondly, at quarter past the hour, we're going to be talking about the MNC3 
These are the three fictional people you want to always assume are listening to you during an interview or they're reading what you're about to post on social media, on your website, on your blog. And those three are really going to help you be successful in creating a clear message. At half past the hour, we're going to be talking about what's a troll, how do you identify a troll, and steps that you can take once you know you're dealing with a troll or not. If you're not dealing with a troll, that's important too. Identifying a troll versus somebody who has a legitimate conversation. Go ahead. Was, Sh was Shrek a troll? I never knew. <laughs> I think yeah. he was a troll. He, he was a troll. So was yeah. Fiona. God, yeah. I love that movie. It's so well, good. <laughs> there's a there's a good side to everything, obviously. So right. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, as I mentioned before, to round out the hour, if your message has been hijacked, we're going to teach you how to determine if you have an issue on your hands or if this is a full blown crisis and steps that you can take for both of those to round out the hour, Sarah. Yeah, and so by the end of <clears throat> this episode, you're going to be able to craft a clear message. And I don't want you to be afraid because we're talking about a lot of numbers today. We're not talking math. We're talking techniques. Um, and you're going to be able to use those powerful toolkits of the MNC3 and the four C's to help prevent your message from being hijacked in the first place and limit damage if somebody is just bound and determined. And boy, that's what a troll is, is somebody bound and determined to hijack your message and uh, how to how to rein that back in. So remember, if you are joining us live on Facebook, please jump into the conversation with your own questions uh, and ideas by commenting on the post. And we're going to answer your questions live during the chat. If you are watching this later or listening to it later on the podcast, um, send us your questions by email, ping us, and um, we'll either answer you directly or we'll work those questions into next week's chat because we're happy to get to, to any questions that you might have. Um, and remember that there is a free downloadable. Wait, I got to get it in frame. Free. It's free. There we are. Free. <laughs> so um, we, every single week, we include a, a free downloadable um, with the MNC uh, Friday chat conversation. And you can grab those by um, logging onto our website. They're under each week's uh, Move the Stairs blog post. They're uh they're there and you just tap on that and download it and you can print it out. And uh, those are super, super useful because when we talk about the MNC three or the four C's, sometimes you can't keep all that in your brain. And honestly, what Jordan and I do is print these out and stick them on the bulletin board next to our desk. They're super handy to have to uh, refer back to. So the move the stairs chat, we talk about this a lot. And Diane, you mentioned it in the open here what does move the stairs mean? Uh, and how does it relate to why you're sitting on the deck right now? <laughs> if you're listening, I just want you to know I am sitting on a beautiful deck uh, at 9,300 feet in the mountains outside of Colorado with my petunias brimming over the top of all of my, I think I have 20 spots here. Anyway, I just love it out here. But I'm sitting here because... Um, this big storm is moving in and I don't know how many more days I have left to sit out here. Certainly not in shorts. That's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. but there is means you look at whatever life gives you and you make the most of it. And that's what I decided to do today. That's why I'm sitting outside doing, um, our vlog. Uh, 
Um, the Move the Stairs story came from when I was a television producer, and it was my first time out. And I was covering John McCain's re-election, and we pretty much knew he was going to win. And when I went into the, the, the big auditorium where he was going to be giving his uh, acceptance speech, I realized that my station was completely out of position. It was on the wrong side of the stage, if you can imagine. But the stage was um, a metal riser with a podium on it. So I went up to the riser and I saw there were these stairs that had big bolts in them. So I unbolted them um, and I picked them up with all my might. They did have rollers on them and I rolled them around to my side and I bolted them back in and I moved the stairs. And that night after he gave his acceptance speech, we got the interview first, which is the key if you work in news is to get it first. Um, not only we get it first, but the way it worked out, the other stations didn't get him for 20 minutes. It was great because they couldn't get near him because of all the people that were there. So we look at um, all of our strategies, working with our clients and working in our personal lives. You know what? You don't whine. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit and you figure out the best way to make the most of what you have so that you can really get an advantage and be super successful. And that's what Move the Stairs is all about. And that's what we're doing today. I'm moving the stairs on my deck. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on Monday, I'll be moving my plants. You'll be moving the snow on moving Tuesday. The snow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, I, I want to dive right into our topic here. We've got a few people joining us. So welcome to Move the Stairs Friday chat. Um, we're going to be talking about for, you know, this first topic, what you can do, steps you can take to protect your online reputation before you pu publish that post. And these are things you should really be thinking about before you click share, before you comment, um, before you click create. And uh, what we do at MNC, first things first, is we use a content map. And what this does is it helps us kind of divvy up what content we have. And that could be anything from this video that you're watching. Uh, to an infographic. Um, it could be a Facebook post. It could be a picture. But everything that we put out has a reason to it. Now, it may not look like it, but there's a rhyme and there's a reason to it. It may not look like it because it comes from my brain. But <laughs> but the idea is it's organized. And that's the first thing you should be looking at is organization. And naturally, we think about the four C's. So not only do we have the content, but we think of the copy as well. So when we're thinking of the four C's, it's how you want to write. You want to be clear. You want to be concise. You want to be conversational. And especially in 2020, uh, you want to be compassionate with what you're putting out there. So true. That's absolutely true. And, you know, as communications professionals, as PR strategists, um, we know that the four C's are just, it's, Honestly, it's just a method of slowing you down just a little bit. Um, that content map is just a method of thinking through what you're going to do, getting organized, making sure that you're reflecting your messages, um, making sure that you're reflecting your brand, uh, not responding or posting or producing content from the hip, right? Okay. That's generally not a good idea. That's, that's where you're going to get into trouble. So this is what, you know, as we talk about protecting our brand, these are the tools that we use with our clients and in our own outreach to make sure that we're protecting the brand that we've worked so hard to establish. So Diane, let's start walking through that four C's document. The first C is clear. Explain what that means. 
right? Clear um, is really important. You don't want to come off um, being pat patronizing in any way. And you want, don't want to be literal, you know, overly literal. Um, but what you want to do is really define what it is you have to say. And remember always, less is more. Um, here's an example. I like chocolate milk. That's pretty clear, right? I mean, that's if I could read that three different ways and think of different people that as I was reading from to it. But if I said, I like chocolate milk, but I prefer it left out of the fridge for 10 minutes before I drink it first. <laughs> so do you want the chocolate milk? Do you not want chocolate milk? Do you want hot chocolate? What do you want? What are the, what are the chocolate milk people going to think when they see what I wrote? Um, you know, you really have to think about who's going to be reading this from different perspectives. Um, and it, it really is. Do I like it or don't I like it? So be be very clear on what you're doing. Read it back and listen to how it sounds. We always do that. We try to do that with everything we have. Um, I also have to watch that sometimes when I'm writing, my mind is going faster than my hands are typing and my adjectives end up all the way at the end of my sentence. They're not near my subject whatsoever. And it's something that a, a very dear friend of taught me who was an editor. So it's something that I want you to read your stuff out slowly and then look for anything that's a description and make sure it's very close to that subject line. It's just so much easier for people to read. It flows so much easier. And what's fascinating for us is that writing for social is much like you write in a newsroom. So we've had years and years of being really paring it down, um, really thinking about those words. The less is more is so very important. Um, and it's something that we really try to do as we're writing, um, especially for social media. Well, that's a good point. The other, you know, I have sort of a naughty habit too of when I get a word in my head, I'm like, ooh, I really like that word, bolster, right? And then you see bolster, 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 bolster. <laughs> and I go, oh, but... What will help that is reading your content out loud. And when you've said bolster for the fifth time, maybe it's time to come up with a couple of other words. Exactly. Well, Jordan, as we, because we're all former journalists, right? Former television news journalists. And really what we're talking about um, is being conversational. What does that look like or sound like? Yeah. So when you're conversational, it's, it's really speaking in your own voice. And it's, it's not only that, it's also understanding your audience too, because you want your audience to be comfortable with you as well. So when, you know, I used to be on television and, you know, I, and as a former meteorologist, I guess I'm still a meteorologist, as you guys know, because I always ping you guys with weather stuff. But um, as I'm on the green screen and I'm talking, it's really connecting with people who are watching you. It's not saying precipitation is going to be heavy at, you know, it's, hey, you may want to grab an umbrella before you head out today. Right. Um, it, it's connecting in a way that these people will understand you. So as much as I enjoyed writing my senior thesis on ENSO and how it impacts the uh, the weather patterns of the cold season in the United I'm States. I'm reading that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah's dozing off over there. Um, it, it's not the place for it. Uh, you know, that. If you want to be a scientist and you want to be in that community, that's great. But as you're putting things out to your, if that's your audience, I should say that's great. But chances are that's not your audience. So you want to work in those those verbs and those adjectives and those feelings that allow you to connect with the people you're talking to and the people who you know are going to, going to be looking at your stuff. 
mean, after all, uh, that those are the things that, you know, make us human and, and make us, you know, have that connection with our consumers or the people who are, you know, we're working with on a daily basis. Well, and I just wanted to point out very quickly that the content map that we create at the beginning of every month, whether it's for our internal um, communication or whether it's on behalf of clients, includes that third C, which is consistent. Right. So this helps. Um, that's one of those things that helps get your message organized so that if your message is about chocolate milk and, you know, you've got, say you're a, I don't know, chocolate company and you've got 57 other products to talk about, but chocolate milk is that industry, that section of your business that you're really trying to build. If you have a content map throughout the month, you can make sure that you talk about chocolate milk on Tuesday and you talk again about it on Friday and <laughs> you hit that right throughout the month. So consistency is not just, um, you know, it's not just the, uh, the message that, or the words that you're using. It's the consistency of that posting um, so that you're making sure that your messages are consistent, that people are hearing them over and over again, so they know who you are and what you're talking about and what they can expect. It'd be the same if you were a CBD company. Maybe you want to talk about gummies, but you also want to talk about uh, reducing anxiety, um, promoting wellness, that type of thing. So you want to have those consistent messages. And we actually put buckets on in our social media so that we theme each day. We know what's coming up next. It also helps you as far as content creation at that point because you know exactly what you need. And it makes you think in those specific areas, which is kind of fun. Um, lastly, the last C is compassionate. And man, we need that in 2020. Um, it's just been such a difficult year. Um, and when you're when you're writing, take a compassionate and an, and an empathetic approach. Really think about who's reading and how you can help them. People um, want to do business with or buy products from people that they trust, and they really think it's about them. So when you're writing, yes, you're thinking in your mind that this is the message that I have to get across, but how am I going to do that? And you don't want to sell, sell, sell whatever you're doing when you're doing this kind of stuff because it really puts you up. Um, a great um, post is a post from the search guru that states, um, write your blog or your social media post um, and count how many times you use the, the words I or my or your brand name versus you or your. And that's going to give you an idea, especially, and I would think since like if you're tweeting, it's very short, I would look for the whole week. And I would just pull those words out and just see how many times and then compare them, see what's what's making sense. Um, it's not saying that you should never use your personal pronouns. You absolutely should. You want to make your you want to make this conversational. I, I just wrote an email and I was think, thinking in my head that the storm was going to be a blip on the radar of the winter because it's supposed to be very cold and mean and this is just going to happen. And so I called it a blippy storm. I just made up that word. What the hell? So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun and I want people to know that we have a good time at MNC as well. And we, you know, sometimes we make up words. It's okay. Um, the other thing. Sarah. Yes, Sarah makes a um, I have my own dictionary. That's right. If you're only selling that product of yours and you're not thinking about what that person is going through, 
what they need at this point in time and how your product can help them, but you're not necessarily doing a hard sell. You're more giving them information that will help them, help them with their day. That's going to really make um, your compassionate uh, messages really sing. Well, that's a great point. Um, and at 1219, we're moving on to the M and C3. So we've just covered the four C's, clear, consistent, conversational, um, and compassionate communication. Cold Tuesday next week. <laughs> but here we're moving on to the M and C3. And remember, by the way, the free downloadable. Wait a minute. Free, 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 free. We love free. Yeah. Um, the downloadable, uh, talking about the MNC3, how to use them, how to think about them, how to um, put these personas either behind your computer screen if you're talking to a computer, as we are, or put them in your head when you're writing this content. Um, and that's going to really help prevent a whole lot of those mistakes that you might accidentally make. Um, that can damage your online reputation and you you certainly wouldn't mean it that way. So let's get get started in that. Your your MNC3 are the people who are going to help keep your communication on track. Right? These are the personalities. This is who should be in your head to help keep your communication on track. And Diane, you really came up with this idea of the MNC3 based on your experience working with a particular personality or two in network business <laughs> in New York City. When I was at NBC, um, it was a very long time ago, and we had a thing called top of screen, just how you message. There were no DMs. There were no chats. There was, it was like this line that went across the top of the oh, screen. And that it was, yes, on the basis computer, for those of you that are old enough to know what it was. <laughs> Actually, Microsoft had just joined with NBC, and so we were just learning Microsoft. But having said that, I was taught at NBC to write the email, delete it, or not the email, but the message, delete it, write it again, delete it, and write it again. And every time I wrote it, I was to think about who would read it and how they would take it. The other thing that was interesting at that point is that um, working um, as a senior editor, I was talking to people I had never met in person all over the world, not the country, the world, telling them what was needed to be, what needed to be done, um, asking them for information, um, basically managing them um, in a way that now we do all the time remotely. But then that is not the norm in any shape or form. And sometimes, especially if it was somewhere around the world, actually, even if it was in New York, um, the fastest way to do that was to send them a message um, and see if you could get an answer back. And you wanted to make sure when you wrote that message that there was nothing in there that could be perceived the wrong way. And especially if you're asking somebody for something, holy moly, you better really think about what advantage do they get for answering you and doing what you're asking. So the, that's where the MNC three, the three times started there. And then as we moved into PR, I started to really think about the people who, and, and put faces to that three-time rule. And that's where we came up with the MNC3. Um, so Jordan, who are the MNC3? 
Well, first of all, Diane, I can't even imagine having to do that. How much lost productivity is there? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get into that. That would yeah, not be right. Part of my <laughs> I mean, I I get that. You know, if you have a client who you know, um, you may have to handle a little bit of kid gloves. It's not a bad practice to rewrite or reread an email before you click that send button. In fact, sometimes, Sarah, you turned me on to this little feature in our Google um, email where it gives you that 30 second window oh, before it goes oh, yeah. out Take and you can hit undo. Window option. <laughs> that is a lifesaver. You can set that by the way, just FYI, in, if you're on uh, Google for work, which we are, um, you can set that in your settings. You, you know, cause I think it's auto set to like five seconds, which is not enough time for no. me. So you can set it to like five. Anyway, it's different increments to up to 30 seconds. I have set mine at 30 seconds, which means there's a 30 second delay when I'm sending emails to people. But I will take that any day of the week over. Oh, 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 no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Right. So it, yeah. it's uh, definitely a good thing. Even if you kind of follow the four C's, um, there may be a time where you realize that, oh, I forgot to hit the attachment or, you know, the like. But the well, MNC3. I think your tone is important. And the other right. thing is there are persnickety issues with every client or with people that you work with in your company. And there are certain things that drive them crazy that maybe don't drive you crazy or anyone else that you know crazy. And if one of those sneaks into a conversation, an email, whatever, and you, and you just hit send and you think, oh, oh my gosh, they hate when I say that, or they hate when it's put that way, or you have the time to pull it back and that makes all the difference. It really does. But this comes down to who you're talking to. And I think right. this is where people kind of go wrong. So Jordan, you make a really good example about your best man. Like most of us on social media, are, that's where our friends are certainly mm -hmm. right now when we're in lockdown. So that's who you think you're talking to, but it, is it? Exactly. So I, I use him as an example because he was in town last week and we had a blast um, had a really good time, as you would expect, right, um, coming in during quarantine. But when I am generally posting on social media, I'm looking at my audience, I feel like I'm talking to him. We get each other's humor. Um, we energize one another so we can kind of play off of that energy um, to move forward. However, some things that I could say to him could be taken completely the wrong way by an audience that either isn't used to seeing what I put out there or if it's just kind of an internal thing between him and I, um, even my audience could misconstrue, uh, misconstrue something that I may be joking about and they don't think it's very funny. So you have to be really careful. It's great to play off that energy of your best friend, number one for our MNC3. Sorry, I'm still getting used to the camera thing. <laughs> um, number one for the MNC3, but you have to be very careful about what you post, which I think leads us to our next M and C three, number two. Right. Well, use that energy to get really excited to share exactly. great information with someone because they love, you know, people feed off of that energy, but don't let it, um, don't let it color what you're sharing or how you're saying it um, to think that only the people who really, really like you and understand you and get you are the people who are out there paying attention to what your brand is putting online. So I'm going to argue that you're the most helpful person of the MNC3, the person who's gonna help you the most by a mile, protect your brand and your business 
is your worst enemy. Absolutely. And if this sounds counterintuitive, I want you to hang on with me just for a moment and think about this. Your worst enemy is vile, vindictive. The, your worst enemy will take anything that you say and twist it and find a way to make it sound like you said something stupid or mean or thoughtless or any other description that you can think of. They will take every opportunity to hurt you or your business. Now, why would this person be the most helpful person for protecting your brand and your business? It doesn't quite make sense until you think about it this way. I want you to picture your worst enemy as you're writing anything. Whether If you're about to give a speech, if you are writing something on social media, if you're writing a press release, if you're thinking about, hey, here's a new project that I'm taking on with my business. Uh, you know, we're really excited to get started on this new initiative. Um, and who could possibly take this the wrong way? This is awesome. Guess who? Your worst enemy. That's who. Mm -hmm. So you need to think about how could someone else possibly take this the wrong way? How could I make sure that my phrasing is um, could, can't be twisted? How can I make sure that this really is a good idea and that I've thought about it from all the different angles? How can I make sure that anything that I'm about to share where I'm picturing my best buddy who is just going to find this hysterical, right, is not going to offend you know, my teetotaling auntie who wouldn't find that quite as funny as I do. <laughs> right. That's a personal, you know, that's a, that's a personal example, but you need to think about this from a business perspective. Who is your worst enemy and how might they twist this? And then don't give them that opportunity. And the last person, so we talked about your best friend, your, your worst enemy. And the last person I think of is my grandmother. And this has to, this makes me laugh because Jordan wrote um, up a script for us, and he was talking about this sweet grandmother. Um, my grandmother was six feet tall, and her hands were bigger than my father's. Um, she was one tough cookie. She was not sweet. As, and she loved me more than life itself. She was a wonderful grandmother, but she was not a dawdling. A cookie-baking. Oh, oh. <laughs> Do so, no wrong, little Diane. Exactly. So I remember, especially when I first, I apologize, there's a car going by, but especially when I first started in news, I would, I'd come home and she was usually there for the summer or whatever. And, and I would tell her about Bosa. I start talking and I'd be talking in industry jargon because wasn't I smart and wasn't I great and wasn't, and I'm talking about bites, which are, you know, uh, interview this, the, the short part of an interview that you, you put on television after you do an interview with somebody that's called a bite. It's like a quote for TV. Um, I talk about Vosats. I talk about all these different things and she would give me this look. <laughs> She'd say, slow it down, babe, start over and talk so I can understand it. She was a brilliant woman. But she certainly didn't know the industry jargon that the reality is I was just learning as well. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to impress her, obviously. Um, and I had to learn very quickly that there were times when I needed to use a term. And to this day, I still use the term bites. It just jumps out of my mouth. But I stopped the minute I used it and I define it.
And that's the key. You don't have to dumb stuff down because, man, if I had condescended to my grandmother, um, I would have gotten the back of the hand. <laughs> several different parts of my body. But um, the bottom line is it's not condescending. It's if something comes out or that you need to use that specific term, just define it so that people understand it. And that's what we talk about when we talk about think about your grandmother. So it's funny. Jordan put this sweet lady who makes cookies. My grandmother never made cookies in her entire life. I mean, there's just no way. There were no you know, packages. Or, but, man, when I needed somebody to stand up for me, she was there. And she was not going to be patronized or spoken down to. And I better remember that. And she was right. And so that's why you really want to be careful and think about your grandmother, whoever your grandmother was. If she's the sweet one, fabulous. If she's the, my grandmother would love this term, ball buster. She, that's fabulous too. So you know what? Go for it. But but think about what, what the terminology is that you're using and really make sure that whoever you're talking to can really understand it. That's the bottom line. And that's the grandmother in the MNC3. So Jordan, you have just reported on that. I know, sorry. <laughs> but I love that. I love that description. And Jordan, you've pulled some great examples here of people who could have used the MNC3 this week. Um, very quickly go through those. Yeah. So the first person that came to mind as I was typing this up was um Kirk Cousins. And for those who aren't avid sports fans like myself, he's the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And he went on to a recent podcast and was asked about COVID. Warning sign here. Be very careful with these COVID type questions because you don't want to damage your online reputation um, or your personal brand or your company's brand. But he was asked about his concern and what he responded was, and let me pull up the quote right here. It's in a great ESPN article. He said, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. For me personally, okay. just well. talking to no one else can get the virus. What is your concern that you could get it? He said, I would say, I'm going to go about my daily life. If I get it, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to let nature do its course, survival of the fittest kind of approach. And just say, if it knocks me out, it knocks me out. I'm going to be okay. You know, if I die, I die. I kind Wait, of have a piece okay about that. <laughs> so, you know, let alone. Less is more. I think yeah, he less is stuck while you're right. ahead. So, I mean, let alone what his family must think hearing a quote like oh, that. But if my husband said that on ESPN in front of a gazillion people, we would have a chat. Well, juxtapose that to yesterday and Dwayne Johnson's message. Mm -hmm. You're talking sports to sports. It's just yeah. amazing the difference. But of course, Dwayne went through it. But he said he was very careful beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it was it's very interesting to me when people take this. Well, I don't know about you, but this is me. I think that there's you, you want to share who you are, but it's how much do you share? And just always remember Less is more and not everybody's going to feel the same way you feel. And if there are facts out there that kind of are contrarian, you can take that. You can absolutely take that position. But what happened, Jordan, after that aired? Uh, so immediately <laughs> the Vikings moved up his press availability one day <laughs> ahead of when he was actually scheduled. So he could clear the air with those client uh, with those remarks. So he actually, 
he didn't retract it, but he said, this is, you know, let me explain this a little more, but it still kind of got him into a little bit of hot water because we've lost 185,000 Americans either due to COVID-19 or due to complications from COVID-19, which is the same darn thing. Um, but it, well, it still remains. And here's the point. He has the opportunity to get a second chance to clarify that and to right. um, soften those remarks and um, work on his compassion. Um, you know, how many people get that opportunity? If you're not the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, mm -hmm. you know, if you're like, you know, widget and co down the street, how many opportunities do you get to, um, you know, take a, a second, get a second chance with your messaging and get to clarify it. Well, and I think you also have to think about the company that you represent, mm -hmm. um, the organization that you are a part of. So when Kirk Cousins speaks, he's not just speaking for Kirk Cousins. He's speaking as a Minnesota Viking. You know him because he is who he is based on what he does. And so I think people tend to forget that. And it's that it becomes all about this is what I think. You need to think about that before you pop off and say exactly what you think, because sometimes that's not such a good thing. Sometimes it is, but you have to really weigh those, weigh, weigh the pluses and minuses. Do we have time for the second example, Sarah? Well, we so here I am, the producer, you guys. I mean, we're running a little bit heavy, but quickly go through that example, and then we'll just try to cook through the the um, the, the last two topics that we've got to get through because they're really, really important. Yeah, I, I really like this example, I think, better than the first one because I can see both sides of this one. But um, just to sum it up, there was a tweet that was put out um, by one of the two of the duo of the band 21 Pilots. Have you heard of them? Yes, yeah, Jordan. Exactly. Yes, okay. I've heard of them, Jordan. I've actually <laughs> I had to ask. Well, they're one of the most popular bands on the planet right now, and I, and I needed to shame you both if you didn't hear of them. So, um, But what had happened is one of the members... You know what they say about payback, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> I am coming for your commas, pal. Right? <laughs> one of the members had been pressured to use their position online and their fame and their influence to speak out for the Black Lives Matter movement. So already you're kind of wading into these waters that are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, treacherous, because wow. there's a lot of movement on both sides of this. People are very passionate on both sides of the Black Lives Matter movement. So what he did in, in jest was tweeted a picture of himself wearing platform sneakers. And he said, you guys keep asking me to use my platforms. Feels good to dust these bad boys off. So here's, I understand here's the, the joking part of it because you his best friend would have laughed. You don't have to take a stance. You could right. take one stance. You could take another. What you can't do is be flippant about something that is really dearly held mm -hmm. um, for, for many, many people or particularly inflammatory for many, many people. You can't right. be flip. That was the mistake. Yes. Yeah. So he thought he was talking to his best friend and, you know, he he was. He, a lot of his fans were looking for this, but that was just not the response they were looking for. The, his joke really fell flat with a large portion of his fan base, I think. Yeah. Yep. Oops. 
Oops. Mm. So quick reminder, and guys, we are running heavy. Mm. Um, download the free uh, MNC3 downloadable so that you can keep these people in the back of your mind as you're writing your content, um, putting stuff out on social, thinking about what you're doing on behalf of your business. Um, so make sure to grab that. And moving on to our third topic, how really, do you yeah, identify an online troll? Yeah, exactly. Someone who's out to damage your reputation. And, and this is a really important part. Very quickly, there's going to be a part two to this discussion um, next week where you're going to learn how to de-escalate a difficult and even confrontational PR situation. So let me just get that tease in there for next week so that um, people show up for that. Okay, Sarah, we're going getting used to the trolls on the internet, right? Oh, aren't we? Aren't we? They're delight. <laughs> so, you know, here's here's what happened. So I can tell you, here's what happened to my sons. He's 13. He's online doing online school. Um, he's in a social studies class yesterday. Somebody Zoom bombs in and spouts off a bunch of racist nonsense, clearly looking to disrupt and get attention. And um, even better if they could get a big shrieky reaction from, from the instructor and people in the class. I mean, just serious payoff. And, and, and so this is, you know, and we're seeing a lot of this happen all over, all over the place. So that's really kind of a, a real life example of an online troll. Um, it's somebody, as the How to Geek article says um, and sums it up, an Internet troll is someone who intentionally makes inflammatory, rude or upsetting statements online to elicit strong emotional responses in people or to steer the conversation off topic. They can come in many forms. You know, they do this for their own amusement, um, but other forms of trolling are done to push a specific agenda. So where, you you know, we might read a book or take a walk or, you know, cook or watch Netflix for amusement. Trolls are just going online to blow things up. And it, it doesn't always have to be the people who came in and just bombard you with racist nonsense. Um, there were some well-known trolls in the meteorological community who would go on to Facebook live streams and ask if there was a couch for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's so kind of sorry. <laughs> it was, I, I never had it happen to me. I think I saw. Did they it want a particular kind of couch? Did they want free couch? It was just on asking if there's a couch for sale, and dozens of them would ask if there was a couch for sale. So it got to the point where you know on Facebook you can have the uh, the spam filter. You can put in words that you don't want to come up on your stream. Stations had to block the word couch. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sorry, <laughs> this is so dumb. Right. But it's trolling. I mean, it doesn't always have to. It can be more obnoxious than it is hurtful, but it, it's still annoying nonetheless. It is annoying. That's like, that's like the guys yelling free bird at every right. single yeah. concert. Get yeah. in the hole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I get you. I'm sorry. That's funny. Well, so there you have it. Trolls can be obnoxious or they can be innocent or they can just be a nuisance, whatever. Um but you want to watch for off-topic remarks, such as the couch remark. Obviously. <laughs> um, refusal to acknowledge acknowledge any evidence. So all the facts could be out there, and they're just saying, I don't believe any of it. Um, dismissive or condescending, I think that's a very interesting one, where they just really say things like, why are you mad, bro? Um, 
You like that? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. You pulled that one off. Hold on. I need to write down this time so I can put it in our social for next week. <laughs> well, 42, the time the mysterious conversation went off the rails. Until I stop, start breakdancing. Okay. Use of unrelated images or memes. Lots of times people have really put a thoughtful thing to talk about and somebody hits with a stupid gif. Um, and that's really, it's just done to irritate people. Or they're seemingly oblivious. They're oblivious and they're just going to go off and talk about whatever the heck is they want to talk about and they're on your stream. So you want to think about that. All those are trolls and, um, and we want to talk about how you're going to deal with that. Well, and so let's, let's go through the checklist really quickly. If to, so you can figure out, are you dealing with somebody with um, a reason, a, you know, perhaps a legitimate comment, complaint, something that you might need to respond to and um, take up, or are you just dealing with a troll? And there's some, there's some, you know, ways that you can kind of check. Um, first off, what's the spelling and grammar situation? Like a lot of, you know, and especially if we're on, on um, chat or, or social media, you know, you make sort of fat finger uh, spelling mistakes. But if you're like, man, I don't even know if English is this person's first language. We got, you know, haywire spelling and punctuation. You know what? That may be, uh, you know, a, a professional Internet troll or um, a bot, you know, that's just sort of cobbling stuff together. And we know that there's uh, that that kind of behavior is ramping up. Uh, significantly as we get closer to the election. So you just don't know, you know, first off, <clears throat> are you really dealing with a real person or somebody legit or somebody that you should just delete, block, uh, and not even worry about it? Check your phone. To be fair, I butcher the English language enough, but it, you wouldn't expect my tweets to come across as a troll or a robot. So right. it, we're talking things that are just totally out Egregious. there. Yeah. Like, man, this doesn't even make sense. Or, yeah, I agree. You can really see it. Yeah. Check their timeline. If you're looking at somebody who um, doesn't have a photo, they're not posting, they don't post any pictures of their dogs or kids or, you know, lunch or coffee or anything that the whole rest of the world posts about. Uh, and it's just politics and it's just kind of nasty, um, you know, pot stirring politics. You're probably dealing with a troll there, or at the very least, somebody that isn't looking for um, thoughtful engagement. Um, you know, and, and this is kind of the same across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Here's the one thing that we're going to tell you as a caveat: LinkedIn. There may be some trolls on LinkedIn. I've never seen any though of you guys, but I haven't seen any. So if you're getting a bunch of feedback, like, hey, uh, you know the. I challenge you, or I'm not sure about this, or I'm really concerned about this, or I think you're off base and you're getting that from LinkedIn, you might be off base. So you better go check what you've got on LinkedIn and make sure that that, again, against those four, the, 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 uh, the, uh, um, why am I spacing out on it? The four C's, check it against the four C's and check it against the M and C three and make sure that your messaging is in alignment and promoting your business the way you want to promote it uh, on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And just remember the idea is not to get here in the first place. So if you're promoting, um, if you're, if what you're putting out there really fits with the four C's, the trolls aren't that interested in you because they don't think they're going to get a rise out of you anyway. So before you get ready to click or tap or publish and you hit that button, 
think about the them and C three and the four C's, and then you can do it with confidence. And then if you do get trolled, we're going to tell you now exactly what you need to do. Sarah, I got us back on time. I know. I, that's impressive. That is impressive, people. You have no idea how heavy we were. <laughs> um, so, all right. If you're here, um, chances are you've had this situation happen in one of your, um, you know, social media channels, business channel, um, public speaking. Somehow you've had this happen. And this feels terrible. You know, when you say something or do something, um, with the best of intention, and somebody comes back at you and says, how could you say right. that? Or, you know, you said X, Y, Z, but but you feel like, oh, no, I said ABC. Uh, and, you know, you're so far apart. It really feels like um, a personal attack. Like, how could you possibly take what I did or said that way? Um, and so it feels really, um, really dramatic when it's happening. And this is a place, and we counsel uh, clients about this all the time. Hang tight, hang tight for just a few minutes, take a deep breath, and you need to figure out, are we dealing with an issue or a crisis? And the, we kind of use the phrase, um, is this a headache or a heart attack? If it's a heart attack, man, 911, like we're going now. If this is a headache, have a swig of water, you know, take some Advil, give it half an hour. A little CBD goes a long way and that's it. A little CBD goes a long way. You know, take a chill and um, and then come back to this and take that time to think, okay, <clears throat> what would I do? How would I, how would I defuse this? Is this something where I need to respond? Is it something where I need to provide more information? Is it something where maybe I need to sit back? and see if my community um, who understands what I meant or what I'm trying to do here comes to my defense. Um, and so just be really careful before you respond when you've got somebody trolling, either they're a real troll or just somebody who, who is your worst enemy online. They're just going to take it and they're going to twist it. Uh, give it a minute. Take a breath and make sure that you're responding appropriately uh, based on whether this is an issue or a crisis. You know, one of the things that I have always done, um, and I've only had this happen probably less than a handful of times, but I've always started with, wow, I wasn't expecting that reaction. That wasn't what I was going for. So if I've offended you in some way, I'm really sorry about that. This is where I was, this is where I think we're, um, apart, or this is where I think we're coming at it from two different ways. And I want to let you know, I honor where you're coming from, from on this as well. Um, and just because that de-escalates everything. If you well, and you hear some of those phrases, we're going to get into those next week. Right, right. Some of these phrases that you can use to just buy yourself a little space, a little time and honor where the other person's coming from. Well, and it helps, it helps take, if, if you're like, damn, what the heck did that person just come after me for? Now the way you're going to respond to me. <laughs> so anyway, and this mini conversation is going to spill over to next week's move the stairs Friday chat because we're going to talk about de-escalating um, the a, a PR situation. And that's, I swear that's been half my job is de-escalation. <laughs> uh, but if you see a, a situation spinning out of control, there are ways that we can move it back in very quickly. So 
Um, especially, and just remember, if you feel that you're being unfairly at attacked, you're already in the wrong headspace. Yeah. So you may well be being unfairly attacked, but you got to get yourself out of that headspace. Head um, so the first thing that you want to do if somebody attacks you like this is get to the source of the problem and determine, you know, who's outraged and try to level with them one-on-one. -on -one. And one of the first things is get it off a public forum. You know, I'm old school. I'm going to pick up the phone. I am not even going to respond that my first, I am always going to pick up the phone first because I can hear the tone in somebody's voice. The other thing is when they're writing, it's a lot easier to read, to write than, than it is yeah. to, it to somebody. Um, or I might even now zoom them and say, Hey, let's jump on a zoom. I promise you nine times out of 10. they're not. Oh no, my light just fell off. So sorry. There was a big bang in there and everything went dark. But you can, you can go to email, you can ask them to DM you. There's a lot of ways. But if you can get that one-on-one -on -one going, that's the fastest way to get to the crux. And many times there's a misunderstanding. And and it can really blow. Um, and I will talk about an example next week that was caught me completely off guard. And within probably 10 minutes. And, and this was in public where somebody was just screaming at me. Um, I was able to deescalate it, but I had to hold myself big time in order to do that. So Jordan, sometimes you can't take it to the private forum, right? No, because, you know, you look at social media, a lot of times you can't just reach out to somebody on social media. If you try to message somebody on Facebook, for example, who's not a friend, it gets sent to that kind of folder. You never want to check in because that's where all the robots and the questionable figures hang out. So um, one time <laughs> I got fired up after I read a news article on Facebook and I made a very sarcastic comment into the comments. So I was speaking to my audience and my audience would have been like, haha, Jordan's making a funny right now. But the reality is dozens, hundreds of people who I don't know who aren't my audience were <laughs> going to read that comment, right? So a couple of people misinterpreted what I, my sarcasm, what I was saying, and they, they were very unhappy. And, and they- How old were you, Jordan, when this happens? Did you want to go there? What's that? And how old were you when this happened? Ah, a few weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they expressed their their disappointment and and how they thought my comments was rude. Um, instead of firing back at them and saying, wow, you're so stupid. You're like, how did you not understand what I was saying? I said, I totally understand where you're coming from. And you know, I, I presented this very sarcastically and you and I, we, we agree, we absolutely agree. And I understand why, you know, reading a comment and not interpreting sarcasm from a stranger you've never met before in your life um, how you would take it that way. So, you know, through, well, and this gets to a good point, right? So like Diane was just saying, like you can pick up the phone and you can hear sarcasm in somebody's voice right. or you on a zoom chat, you could pick up sarcasm, right? Cause there's nonverbal cues and there's tone of voice and all that, where you can, you know, intuit sarcasm that works in person, person to person communication. That doesn't work real well online where you can't intuit tone of voice. And here's why I responded, because those people could have easily looked me up, called up my employer and said, I cannot believe that he would say something like that. Now, let me, it was not that egregious. It was not that egregious. However, people Wait, can now do I that. Really 
want to know what it was. <laughs> Offline, that is a private DM. Right. This is a family friendly uh, conversation. So, no, it wasn't anything that bad. But. <laughs> Um, but but the idea is we were able to resolve our differences in a respectful uh, manner through direct exchanges. And it, it was great. You know, people on Facebook just clash and clash and clash and just very seldom see that reconciliation. So it was actually kind of cool to be a part of. And it was a lesson learned on my part, too, for sure. I think that. Well yeah, I just think that's a great example, Jordan. And I do think that this is a really good example. I mean, public relations, right, is about the public. Communications is about communicating. And if you can um, set up a situation where you're actually communicating, you're saying, okay, I was trying to commu communicate this thing and you heard something else. And so let's you know, let's make sure that we're understanding where, where we're coming from here. You may not agree. I mean, you may fundamentally disagree on a particular topic, but that doesn't mean that you can't at least communicate and know where, where you're coming from, hear what the other person has to say, share your point of view, and, um, you know, come to a better, more, more reasonable understanding. I mean, we all have to we all do this every Thanksgiving when we sit around the, the dinner table and, you know, everybody has to um, for the most part, be respectful and, and, you know, figure out how we're all going to have a lovely dinner together and not talk politics. Does it depend on how much wine you've had, I guess? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to recap real quick. Sarah, if it's a troll, what are you going to do? Well, if it's a troll, if it's, if you've done your checklist and you know, out and out troll, um, they're looking for a big response and they're looking for engagement. So I'm going to say don't engage, depending on now, if you're like a, a municipality, you can't hide those comments unless there's something um, uh, offensive, you know, swear words or whatever, or something racist. Um, so if you're any other business, you can hide those comments. If they're just coming after you and it's totally off top or the couch, you know, uh, screen it out, hide those comments, um, but don't respond. You're not going to, nothing productive is going to come from trying to engage a troll in reasoned conversation. Absolutely. And Jordan, if it's somebody from the public who misunderstood you, since you seem to be an expert at this, what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, I was a former on-air meteorologist, so I've taken my fair share of people uh, taking shots online about the forecast. So, But it's important to, if it's a real person, get it offline if you can, um, or engage online if you can't do that and just say, I understand where you're coming from and I understand how you may have misconstrued what I put out there. You know, let's come at this from both sides and come up with a resolution. And if you're a business, um, think about the fact that the person who might be saying, hey, you know, you made a terrible widget and I'm really upset. Um, think about the fact that you need to look at that person as one audience and then look at everybody else who might be following you as another audience. So remember that how you respond to that one person who's upset is going to affect how a whole bunch of other people may view your company and decide to spend their money with you or not. Um, so you need to keep that in mind. You're not just talking to one person. You're resolving one person's problem, hopefully, but then you're, you're actually talking in front of a whole lot of other people who can affect your, your business and reputation as well. Then you're keeping up your consistent messaging that has nothing to do with this one conversation. Do not let it sidetrack you 
from what your original plan is. That's really, really important. So next week, we're really going to talk about what happens if your message gets totally distorted as this truck goes by. And I'm probably being totally distorted as I'm speaking. But, <laughs> um, you know, I've seen recently um, a number of situations where um, what people have done and comments many times by mainstream media, both local and national, have actually distorted what they have done. What do you do in that situation? How do you combat that? Um, and how do you turn that conversation around? So we're really going to talk about that. Um, so remember your four C's. Remember your MNC3. And remember the, the wonderful downloadable piece that Sarah and Jordan put together that is free. You just have to go on to our blog and you can do that. And I believe, is there also a link on our Facebook page, Jordan? Is that right? I can add the link after the uh, video ends. Yeah. Great. Um, and but the it, the PDF super easy to get because I plopped it conveniently, like right there, almost directly underneath the title. So excellent. So if you go to our, to our website, mnccommunications.com, just go to our blog page and you'll see the vlog um, that we just did today, as well as our other ones. There's quite a few, there's quite a bit of information there now with downloadable sheets that'll really help you. So thank you so much for joining us. We had a great time talking today. I learned some things about Jordan. I'm not so sure about, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, we're going to find out. <laughs> and remember, we're going to be here every Friday at noon to talk about your biggest PR challenges and how you can build your business and how you can really protect your brand um, by not, um, by not creating problems for yourself. Um, and if you do have a problem, you have a crisis, you just give us a call. We're here to help you out.